Welcome to Ghostly. Is Lafitte's blacksmith shop bar haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week, and in each episode we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. I'm your host, Rebecca, and he's your host, Pat. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was nice. That was wonderful. Um, One bit of info before we get into the episode. I do want to announce that Ghostly has a new contest Contest. coming out right now. And this contest is a listener survey contest. So it will help make Ghostly better, you know, even if you don't win. We need your help. If you win, you get a t-shirt. Yay! Yeah. And um, if you enter within the next month, you will have two entries to win. Ooh. Anything after, like starting May 1st, will only count as one. We're running this for a couple months then? We're going to be running this till our 100th episode. <gasps> oh, goodness. So we've got a few months then. We have a few months, but you know, we really want to get your opinions as quickly as possible. Yeah. The more the more people that, that fill out the poll, it's quick. It's easy. Just take you a few minutes and it will really help us with the future of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we have a great episode for you today. You know... Rebecca, I I was just thinking about this. We get messages all the time asking us to do another New Orleans episode. All the time. Uh, Ever since Marie Laveau, people love that episode for some reason. I thought it was total BS and that she she doesn't haunt anything, but they loved it. Super fun. Um, But nothing has ever felt right, though, when doing a New Orleans episode, or at least a second one, except for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is a very cool place, and I have actually been here a few times uh, in my years, (laughs) uh, and in the old and otherworldly streets of New Orleans, this just seems even older and even more out of character for a major U.S. city and a party destination, Ooh! right? Uh, Walking down Bourbon Street, you have no choice but to recognize this place. It stands out, definitely amongst all the other places there. Some people believe this is the oldest bar in America, Rebecca, Mm. but they are inaccurate. (laughs) It's not true. Uh, It is one of the top 10 oldest places in in America, but it is not the oldest. Uh, It is a lot of legend and a lot of forgotten history surrounding it. Um, It's a bizarre location, and it is considered to be one of the most haunted locations in the French quarters. And of course, we're talking about Lafitte's Blacksmith. Lafitte's. Sh- uh, shop bar. Shop bar. Shop bar. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it, I mean, seriously, this place is really cool. If you're ever in New Orleans, definitely stop by, have a drink. Yeah, it looks amazing in the pictures. And tell them that Ghostly sent you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So now would be the time when we would do the shout outs. Uh, There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. And we have a few different tiers to choose from. I mean, they vary from $1 
to $10 for individuals. And then if you're a business and want to sponsor us, you could sponsor us for 50 bucks. Yeah, a lot of options. Yeah. Um, So yeah, ghostlypodcast.com. And that's, of course, where you'll also find that survey in case you forgot. Absolutely. Ghostlypodcast.com and click on listener survey in the menu bar. Should have said that earlier. Uh, So I'm going to get right to the the shout outs then. We have none. Oh. Yeah, uh, we didn't get any new Apple Podcast reviews, and we didn't get any new patrons. Yeah, so if you want to, you know, help us out by doing either of those things, yeah. we, we would appreciate. They it. are greatly appreciated. Um, we are having a lot of fun over in the Patreon world. We are. I just want to, yeah. Let Let's stop for a second. Our most recent Patreon episode was with Jack Chavez, yes. the man who knows everything. Yes, and we, uh, he was, he was on our Skinwalker Ranch episode. Yeah, um, and he. We don't talk a lot about cryptids on regular Ghostly, so if that's something you're interested in, Jack goes pretty deep yeah, and also, gives so much information. Also, he talks about some ghosts, too. He does, and talks about the Chicago paranormal scene. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out, um, and um, we have plenty more planned, too. We've got a lot of fun ones coming up. So, okay. Um, so, well, we do have listener mail. We may okay. not have the other awesome. things, but we've got that. Um, so, this one was sent in by Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. When I was a stay-at-home mom with my then three-year-old son, Caleb, and one-year-old son, Kelson, we were living in a townhouse that had stairs that did like a zigzag with a landing in between the two sections of the stairs. The stairs were right by the front door, and you could see both sections of stairs from the front entryway. I had just put down Kelson for a nap in his crib upstairs, and Caleb was making a fort in the living room by putting a blanket over a chair. I went outside to the mailbox, and when I came back in, I saw the top of Caleb's head going up the second set of stairs with his hand on the rail. Not wanting him to wake Kelson, I said, Caleb, can you come back down here, please? As I rounded the corner into the living room, Caleb popped out from under his blanket fort and said, what, mommy? My eyes popped out of my head and I slowly turned in horror, wondering what the heck I just saw walking up the stairs. Not wanting to risk my life and figuring I could just make another baby, I didn't go upstairs <laughs> to investigate. But don't worry, Kelson woke up fine and wasn't murdered by a demonic replica of his brother. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's something. Well, I want to thank Sarah for sending in that um, that mail. That was scary. <laughs> and also, I want to give a shout out to Caleb and Kelson. Um Stay good. Say, yeah, stay good. <laughs> you made it. You made it through. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if uh, if they have a story, how can they send it to us? Yeah, there's a couple different ways. Um, you can always just email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com, or you can use the contact us form on Ghostly Podcast. That's one of the easiest ways to do it. But our favorite way to do it is to send in something through the mail at P.O. Box number 264 Geneva, Illinois, 60134. You're going to forget everything I said. Don't even bother trying to write it down or rewinding. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom. It's in the footer. Absolutely. And then go fill out that that survey. Uh, Mm. (laughs) All right. So it's time for the polls, right? Uh, I'm really excited about the polls this time. Oh, good. Yeah. So let's just get to it. Let's do it. Let's get to the polls. Uh, Okay, good. Um, We didn't have any. Oh, yeah. Uh, since our last episode <laughs> was Skeptics Day, we didn't have any polls. 
Um, my voice is a little strained right now because I'm still trying to recover from Skeptic Day. <laughs> you got a little stressed. I, I maybe a little bit. You think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fun though. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it was a little different than a regular ghostly, um, but uh, we got to have fun on Skeptic's Day. Yeah, absolutely. That's our little holiday. Like, you know, we got Halloween in the fall and we got Skeptics Day in the spring. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> Be- I, I I love both of those holidays. Both of them. Our, I, I think we need days off of work, though, for both of them. Yes. There you go. We yeah. should. We should. Multiple days, too. Multiple days. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I have a ghost story for you today. All right. Last night was crazy. Like, I don't even know how to talk about it, but I need to try. It's so much. We're in New Orleans for a work trip. There's five of us and we're all trying to fit in as much as we can while we're here. Two nights ago, we went on a ghost tour and it was great. We got to see so much of the French Quarter and hear a lot of history and hear some great ghost stories. So then last night was our last night here and we didn't have to go to any meetings this morning. So it was really our night to let loose. I'm not saying that we didn't have some fun on the other nights, but this was the one where we didn't have to control ourselves as much. Three of us knew exactly where we wanted to go. Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop Bar. We saw it on the tour and fell in love. It's one of the oldest buildings around and they've kept it so much like it was when it was built. None of the other bars on Bourbon Street even come close to the vibe of this place. Plus, they have a purple daiquiri that everyone says is a classic NOLA get-you-partying drink. The others wanted to bar hop and said they'd end up at Lafitte's, but I'm going to be honest and say I never saw them. Maybe we missed them somehow? It's a small place, but it has a dark aura that just makes it feel like where you are is the only place in the bar. We had so much fun. It doesn't take much more than a couple of the purple drinks to get you ready to dance and strike up a conversation with those sitting by you. We were there for a few hours when I saw him. Actually, I think I felt him first. I felt his eyes on me. Have you ever had that where you just have this feeling like someone is looking at you? I turned around and he was sitting in the corner of the room. He had one leg bent and resting on the wall. So casual, like he belonged. He wore a dark hat and had a mustache. I couldn't totally see his face, but I didn't think much about that because it's so dark in there generally. He had a long, dark coat and his hand was stroking his mustache. But he was looking at me. He didn't smile, but I felt seen, like like this man had picked me out of everyone in that bar to focus all his energy on. There was a group of people around him, but he wasn't talking to any of them, just staring at me. I know it sounds like I should have been freaked out in this moment, but I wasn't. Maybe it was the purple drinks, but I was intrigued. I don't know what made me do it, but I decided to walk up to him. Not something I would normally ever do, especially on a work trip. But something just seemed to pull me towards him. I got up from my seat and told my coworkers I'd be right back. They were having a fun conversation and didn't think twice. I'm not even totally sure they registered what I said. As I got closer, 
the room seemed to darken, and he seemed to become the focus. Right before I reached him, I glanced to the side to make sure I wasn't going to hit any of the people standing there. When I looked back a millisecond later, he was gone. Not there. He did not walk away. He would have run into me or someone else. I was standing right there. I couldn't even process it. I was in a daze, like like what just happened? At that moment, I noticed the people standing and sitting in the corner, looking at me and staring at the empty spot on the wall. And I, <laughs> I just said, well, what happened to the man that was just here? They all kept staring. And then one of them asked, what man? I backtracked. I apologized and, and just got myself out of there. I told my coworkers it was time for me to go back to the hotel. I just couldn't handle it. I assumed last night that it was just the drinks, but as I think about it in this morning, I don't think that. I mean, I've never hallucinated. And I mean, not even while drinking. So I don't know for sure what happened or who I saw, if anyone. <laughs> I never thought I'd have my own dramatic and unbelievable story from Nola. Wow, that was a really good story. Um, but I do have to admit something to you. What's that? That the entire time I kept thinking that she ran into Captain Morgan. Ah, I know. That is kind of what was in my head. Like Because he bit. had his foot up. The foot and, up uh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, and I'm assuming this is based on some... Yeah, I mean, it's not like a direct story, but it's the kind of stories that you That hear. you make up, yeah. No, that no. people tell. Oh, okay, that people tell. Okay, great. Uh, we are going to be right back, and we're going to do the history then. All right. We are excited to announce a new way you can support Ghostly. Joining us on Patreon. There are many reasons to become a patron. Not only are you helping Ghostly cover its own cost, but you can get Ghostly episodes early. You can get up to 25% off Ghostly gear. Get a shout out on the next episode. You can get a priority request for a new episode. Get more Rebecca's creepy bedtime stories. And the biggest news, you can get exclusive content with our new show called Ghostly X for the weeks that Ghostly does not have a new episode as well as many more cool rewards that we can't wait to share with our patrons. So please, help us become the podcast that we've always wanted to be. You can sign up by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link on the menu bar. We are back and it's time for the pet facts. Pet facts. So before we get into the history of Lafitte's blacksmith shop, we wanted to do a little history of the French Quarter in New Orleans. 
So in the 1690s, the French claimed Louisiana. Jean-Baptiste Le Monnier de Bonneville <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, was appointed director general in charge of developing a colony in the territory and founded New Orleans in 1718. In 1720, the royal engineer, Adrien de Pogger, designed the city street layout. Uh, he named the streets after the French royal house and Catholic saints and paid homage to France's ruling family, you know, the House of Bourbon, uh, <laughs> um, with, the, with the naming of Bourbon Street. Wait, wait, wait. The ruling family was Bourbon? At the time, yeah. That's so funny. I mean, I wonder if the alcohol existed at that point. Maybe they made it. Ooh. I didn't get into all that history. <laughs> um, New Orleans was originally built around a central square. Okay. Uh, and that square still is there to this day. So it's built around that area. Okay. Uh, this entire area is now known as the French Quarter. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. And people will say the French Quarters. Okay. But it is the French Quarter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. To but know, I mean, you don't want to like look foolish. I mean, they don't care there. <laughs> they really, I mean, if you're in the French Quarter, you are a tourist. That's pretty much the way that it goes. <laughs> you work there or you're a tourist. Yeah, absolutely. So after the Seven Years' War in about 1763, New Orleans was ceded to Spain. Uh, although the population, which were mostly French, were not quick to move out. Oh, that's interesting. I did not realize that Spain had ever controlled New Orleans. Oh, wait. This, <laughs> this is a, yeah. Uh, this is going to go back and forth a little bit. Uh, there were two huge fires in New Orleans history. Uh, the Great New Orleans Fire of 1788 and then another one in 1794. This destroyed somewhere around 80% of all the buildings that existed at that time. Wow. So the French Quarter really dates back to around 1790s. Gotcha, because otherwise that was all the rebuilt. Yeah, right and then this next part really um, made things you know, where they would have to tear down buildings eventually. Oh, okay. uh, the Spanish understood that this location would probably catch fi catch on fire again, right? It caught on fire sure. twice in very short time. Uh, so they decided if they didn't do things to stop it from happening, it was going to happen again. So they introduced very strict new fire codes that banned using wood siding. Oh. And um, they were in favor of fire-resistant brick. Which I am too. I mean, obviously. I mean, yeah. Um, which then they would cover with stucco. Mm. Um, but to give New Orleans its own unique look, they would paint the stucco in the pastel hues that were fashionable at the time. Okay. The old French peaked roofs were replaced with flat tiled ones. But the still largely French population continued to build in similar, similar styles influenced by colonial art architectures of the Caribbean, such as timber balconies and galleries. So this is something I just found out now, too. In the southeast Louisiana, a distinction is made between balconies, uh, which are self-supporting and attached to the side of a building, and galleries, which are supported from the ground by poles or columns. Oh, so I didn't know that. I did not know that So a lot either. of the things I thought were balconies in the French Quarter were actually... Um, galleries. Galleries, yeah. Huh. Um, so this was about at the same time when the U.S. was really gaining its foothold and freedom. Uh, 
and starting a new government. The, U- the U.S. viewed New Orleans as being very important to its growth and trade. And they made a deal with Spain that allowed the U.S. to use New Orleans ports and to store goods there. So that worked out great. But then shortly after this agreement was created, Spain pulled out. Uh, then a few years after that, Spain seemed interested in the agreement again. But this was short-lived again because Napoleon had a secret treaty that somehow gave him control of New Orleans. Uh, Spain still had little say in New Orleans until New Orleans until November 30th, 1803. Okay, so we had Spain and then the US was going to be like using the ports, but then Spain was like no, but then Napoleon came in <laughs> and then Spain, okay. So yeah. it's it's moving around a lot. Yeah, and actually um, that was me summarizing it. It happened a few more times than that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so in 1803, a significant event occurred that would change New Orleans and the U.S. forever. It was the Louisiana Purchase. Ah, yes. Uh, this has its very own interesting history. I was reading about it, and a lot of things that I, like, when you're in school talking about this, um, you just know that it happened, you know how much, and you know what they gained from it. Mm-hmm. But you don't know the details behind it, really. Yeah. So um, I found it very interesting. and I, But I'm not going to get into that too much. But growing up, when I learned about Louisiana Purchase, I didn't really understand why the French would make this deal. It seemed like it was not in their best interest, and it was totally in our best interest. Mm. So there were a couple of reasons that the French went through with it. First is that Jefferson had up-to-date intel on how many troops France had in the area and where they were and what their plans were. Um, And their plans were pretty much to take over as much as they could. Uh, Second, though, is because um, Monroe was sent to um, Paris and instructed to make a deal there. And if he could not make a deal... He was told to go directly to London and align with the United Kingdom. Oh, of course. Yeah. And finally, although Spain gave up New Orleans, they refused to give up Florida, meaning that New Orleans would have very little defense against the U.S. and the United Kingdom ships. Oh. So that was what really was like, sure, we'll make that deal. So uh, the U.S. obtained New Orleans. And all of that land west of Louisiana for $15 million. So that came out to be less than three cents an acre. Would you spend three cents for an acre right now? I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of course, though, (laughs) I mean, we just don't have time to go into all of the history, all of the sad, 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 sad things that happened as a result of the Louisiana Purchase and well, I mean, all of these countries fighting over land that wasn't originally theirs, but it's what it is, it's where we are, and this is the history. Yeah, basically, though, I mean, <laughs> both uh, well, all the French, the Spanish, and the Americans decided it was their land, and um, Native Americans didn't matter in this process. No, so. not at all. Not a part yeah, of this. So, yeah, well, you don't care. We're just going to give away your land. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll give you something in the desert somewhere. Yeah. Um, so all of this history is why we call it the French Quarter. Uh, and it has French, Spanish, and American elements all in one little area. 
Okay. Yeah, They so it's all kind of a mixture. Absolutely. So although in the late 1800s, the French Quarter was not actually a desirable place to live. Mm. Uh, so this was a perfect area for the Irish and Italian immigrants to settle in, giving it even more of its rich culture. Uh, at one time, it was actually nicknamed Little Palermo. Wow. I mean, New Orleans is very uh, international. It's very diverse. Yes. Um, all right. So we're done with all the all the French Quarter. There's a lot more we could talk about, but this is a summary as to how the French Quarter got really started. Set in the scene. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so now let's talk about what this episode is actually about. Lafette's blacksmith shop. All right. So I will say that most of its history is pretty much lost. <laughs> uh, and that is true. There's very little evidence to support the legends surrounding this establishment. There are a lot of legends out there. There is a lot of legends. And there's some really rough evidence to support it. Very okay. rough. Okay. Very, very rough. In fact, you could say it doesn't really... It doesn't really support anything. Gotcha. Um, so um, what we do know is that the building was built in around the 1770s during the Spanish control of New Orleans. So then it had to have a certain look and a certain feel. And it's got to have, what, was this before the fire resistance stuff? This is, this is after the fire or this is, it's okay. before, but I'm it sure they been. rebuilt after or something. It it could have been depending upon which and uh, that's know, true again this is we're in the area of legend yeah, okay exactly so and <laughs> we don't know exactly when so. yeah um but it was most likely built as a house uh, we also know it's one of the oldest structures in new orleans and definitely the oldest in the french quarters okay uh that's why it's it sticks out too it, it, it looks different. It looks like it's falling apart. Gotcha. And okay. that's very much intentional for that place. Oh, yes. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that as we go, but for sure. Now, here's where the legend part comes into play. Okay. okay? And this is actually a really cool legend, though. <laughs> I hope this is true in some capacity. I doubt it is, though. Well, I think some of this, like some of the people really existed and maybe some of this happened, but we have no idea how it might be tied to this well, we're gonna, place. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Too, okay. So. Um, so legend has it that it was owned by a pirate by the name of Jean Lafette. It's weird that when I think of this time period, I think of the Old West. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think of. I don't know why. Cowboys and outlaws and all that. Um, but if you look in the North, life was not at all like, like it was in <laughs> cowboy land, right? Yes. Uh, and then the South was totally different. New Orleans is pretty unique as it actually had pirates. Yes, pirates or privateers. Well, Jean Lafette <laughs> was both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jean Lafette was supposedly a pirate of great fame. A pirate's life would have to be hard. So you'd have to go out and you'd have to steal merchandise off of innocent people, mostly innocent, probably. <laughs> but then you'd have to take it somewhere and then sell it. So you're always on the go, always moving around, because um, just a bunch of gold doesn't really matter if you can't spend it. Mm. So this was the perfect idea. Jean Lafette would open a semi-legit business where he could sell his supplies and people would just come to him for it. So he could spend part of his time gaining stuff 
and then part of his times in New Orleans in the Big selling Easy. Selling the stuff. Selling the stuff that he acquired <laughs> in his travels. I acquired. <laughs> nice. So this location could have also have been used as a pirate's clubhouse where they could plot out even more illegal seizures. Mm-hmm. The idea of this being a blacksmith shop, though, may not just be a coincidence. Uh, Lafette and his brother had a business partner that was a blacksmith. Okay. And uh, this was during the time when people would travel on land on those things called horses. Horses, yes. Yeah. And the horses need one thing besides food. <laughs> they need shoes, right? Oh, yes. So you walk. have to shoe them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they may, may have partnered with this business partner to own this shop. Okay. So like, you know, horse blacksmith in the front. Yeah. Stuff selling in the back. And planning illegal seizures <laughs> in the courtyard. Uh, <laughs> so in 1807, though, the U.S. passed the Embargo Act, making it extremely hard to be a pirate in the open. <laughs> so before that, you yeah, know. It was totally easy. It was fine. <laughs> uh, so the Lafayette moved their operations to an island in Berataria Bay, Louisiana. Uh, so, there were years of great success for the Lafettes, um, but the U.S. Navy decided to invade the island in September of 1814. So, they were there for about seven years. Okay. And captured most of Lafette's fleet, and they took Jean into custody. Wow. So, they had a whole fleet. Oh, yeah. They had a fleet by that time. Wow. Yeah, when you have all that gold and stuff like that, you can hire people. I mean, I'm just thinking Pirates of the Caribbean at this point. But yeah. it, it was very much like that, just not as drunk, I don't think, but <laughs> but it could have been. I don't know. But good old Andrew Jackson, remember him? Oh, yeah, great guy. <laughs> he needed Jean's help and agreed to pardon him if he helped him with the Battle of New Orleans against the British, okay. which Andrew Jackson went on to become famous for, and he won his presidency because of. Yes, um, then the Lafette boys turned on the U.S. and became spies for the, for the Spanish during the Mexican War of Independence of 1817. So they just picked a side. Whoever Maybe, they thought would pay them more. Or whoever they thought was going to win anyways. Yeah. You know? uh, Jean founded a new colony in Galveston Island named Campache, which at its height earned millions of dollars annually from stolen or smuggled coin and goods. Wow, these guys were making it. I mean, think of the pirate life, though. There's not much of an investment going into it. You have to have a ship, and then you go take whatever you want. So you you don't need to make anything, create anything. You just see a ship, and you take everything that they have. Well, and then you just you know you pay your crew and manage your crew. I mean, at this point, I'm sure he's not even going out and doing a whole lot. He's just Probably paying his people to do it. Actually, I think he did. Oh, he maybe liked it, huh? Yeah. Um, but then again, little else is known about Lafettes. Uh, we don't really know how they died or anything. Historians believe, though, that he died after being wounded in a battle on February 5th of 1823. Mm. There's details about the battle, but that's not why we're here. Okay. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> uh, throughout the, the years, there's a lot of legends surrounding these pirates. And at some point, people really thought maybe he was just made up. 
Or at least that he was a combination of a few other men, which happens a lot during history. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Blackbeard or, yeah, or exactly. Bluebeard, whatever. There was a lot of those all pirates. The beards. All the beards. Yeah. There are people always all think, All of my like, fellow beardos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then a document surfaced. And I cannot find this document. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but a document surfaced that uh, found Jean's signature on it. Ooh. So even though this was found, it doesn't really connect him directly with the blacksmith shop, but it is something very interesting and that he actually existed. I mean, it just kind of proves at least this was a person that potentially did exist. Yeah. Even if we don't know exactly how much of the story is true for the pirating or whatever, but it lends credence to it. Well, and also there's one other thing that proves it that Andrew Jackson gave him acclimates after the battle of the French quarters. Okay, all right. So we can't put him at New Orleans at some point. Just not necessarily this shop. Exactly. Okay. Because when they actually took custody of him, he was off in another island in Louisiana. So um, it's all speculation at this point, (laughs) though, right? So So the blacksmith shop was deserted for a very, very long time. Nobody wanted this place. Um. The French Quarter, I mean, it was a destination area, but it wasn't really this big party area. And Bourbon Street was, I mean, their central location, but it still, it wasn't, it wasn't anything too great. Nothing like it is today. No, definitely not. Uh, the current business traces its roots to Roger Tom Kaplinger, who in the mid-1940s turned the old abandoned shop into Café La Fête. The cafe became a popular night spot that attracted a bohemian clientele, and uh, including the gay community and celebrities like Noel Coward and Tennessee Williams. Ooh, you know Tennessee Williams. I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, Kaplinger never really cleared the title because it was just abandoned, and he took it over. Nice. And, <laughs> I uh, like that. <laughs> so he's like, no one's um, been in here for like a hundred years. I'll take it. Yeah, but they decided to sell the building in 1953, okay. and he couldn't get anything from that. Yeah. So he soon opened a second cafe at the other end of the same block, named Cafe La Fête in Exile, <laughs> which maintains that it is the oldest gay bar in the U.S. Oh wow, is it still there? It is still there. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. So I guess you got to be careful when you're which one you're. I mean, like just there's a couple of things called Lafitte out there, and you just gotta. I mean, you'll pay know the blacksmith shop. I mean, you would shop. know the. It, it just looks so different. Like, like if you see both of them, you'll know which one is the blacksmith shop. Gotcha. Totally looks like that. Um, and also on um, Bourbon Street has this weird thing where like half of it is like where like Mardi Gras happens and all the straight people hang out. And then the other half is like, like the businesses are like gay businesses then too. Mm. LGBTQ plus businesses. Gotcha. And uh, really cool. There's an awesome burger place called the Clover Grill uh, that's on the gay side of it. Totally some of the best burgers I've ever had though in my life. Awesome. Well, yeah. and I, I did hear now again, I haven't been there myself, but I did read that Lafitte is, um, it's kind of like, not a, I don't think there's anything quiet about bourbon street, but it's slightly quieter where that is compared to like the main, like main part of bourbon street. Yeah. So the first couple of streets of bourbon street is where you're going to find a lot of the more rowdier bars. 
And um, it's where the loud music is. It's where people are singing karaoke. Right. And it's where all the drunks are throwing up in the streets. <laughs> and then you go a little bit further and then there's, uh, you know, so it's, yeah. I mean, we're talking, there's not that much of a difference, but there is. Right. And depending upon what time of day you're there. Sure, that makes sense. Now, when I went to um, Lafitte's, the couple of times I went there was all during the day. Oh, okay. It was it was a really good day spot to go to. I don't know if they're open into the wee hours of the night. Okay. I mean, it's a bar, but you know, it might be like it's closing at two instead of four or like 11 or midnight I am not a hundred that it stays open that long even. Oh, okay. I'm not, I mean, we if have to you, look it up. yeah, I mean, if, if you told me it was and you had proof, I would believe you definitely, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred cause I never really paid attention at that time. Okay. Um, so the blacksmith shop was declared a National Historic Landmark in 1970. Uh, it's still a bar, and you can go in there and get a drink and steer into the fireplace. And if you're one of the lucky ones with the right spirits that you're drinking, and the spirits are supposed to um, be there, and I believe there's a big thing about the fireplace and catching Jean in the fireplace why he's in the fireplace i have no idea well we're actually i think those are i i have read that but that's kind of mixing up a couple of stories so we'll, well get because that's what i do we'll get there i didn't read any of the ghost stories prior to this <laughs> just so everybody knows uh so do you have anything to add about the history uh no just that it's super interesting and um i you know you when you're doing research on this place you know you'll see jean's story and the pirate story um Kind of more as fact when it really isn't, um, especially no. as is so associated with this. You know, they'll they'll talk about the blacksmith shop having like there's like a legend that there's um, like a, like a pirate's booty buried, yeah. uh, you know, on <laughs> the floor. Like that's where the pirates would. You know, again, obviously we talked about that where they would plan their their next attack and all of that. And again, there is zero evidence of any of that. I mean, like doesn't mean it didn't happen. Just means that there's no evidence and i'm pretty sure if there was pirate's booty someone would have found it by now i mean probably i would say i would imagine there's been some minor restoration done to the place since then but you know what new orleans has a lot of this history that like like if you look up the house of the rising sun you know the old song mm -hmm. um so people will claim that it's this one particular location um, and the reason why is because there was a school across the street from it that was a all-girls school, and this school was to teach women to become brides. And if they weren't married by the age of like thirteen, they were considered a spinster, <laughs> oh, and sent over across the street to the house of the rising sun, which was a bordello. So, oh my! Yeah, because they were never going to get married, so. So New Orleans is an interesting place is what but, you're saying. But the House of the Rising Sun never really existed. Oh, goodness. We're going off. Another another New Orleans myth. There's a lot of these myths in New Orleans. <laughs> so believe nothing. I mean, look it up, you know, definitely. <laughs> um, but so you got a chance to look at some videos of it, right? I did. I did. It's a very cool look. Would you describe the atmosphere for us a little bit? Sure. So um, basically... It's old. I mean, like <laughs> when you look at it, like like you said, 
There is no doubt in your mind that this you are looking at a burial place, which, again, I think we've mentioned this before. It's always interesting because, you know, when you go to Europe or other places that civilization, you know, the whatever, more modern civilizations, whatever you want to say, have been around for a long time, like, you know, in England or whatever, you know, to see a building that's 400 years old, 600 years old is not like completely crazy, but we don't have that (laughs) very much here and so looking at it like oh wow you know um for us it's pretty old especially Um, out of the you know when you're out of colonial u.s you know right to find a building that is from the 1790s is rare it is absolutely yeah if you're not up yeah in the northeast so um it's stone and brick and it looks and feels again every bit of its history um there are tables kind of around you know with chairs um there is a bar of course Mm -hmm. and there is a it looks it kind of looks like a smallish fireplace but it's a it's solid you know um and from what i read it does not have necessarily like a lot of electricity except for a generator that runs the bar but i'm guessing there's electricity like in the bathrooms or like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, no, they have to the have areas. it for their, you know, to pay them. Yeah, I mean, there's so. got to be, it's got to be some electricity, but, but most of all, mostly it's lit by candles. And that's to give it the certain feel, it too. It gives it that, like, dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, every time that I've been in there, it's been totally open, where when when I say that, I mean, you like, if there is a breeze, you feel it coming in, mm-hmm. because it it's like... There's there's not as many windows as there seems to be doors. It's really an odd place. <laughs> and there are some seats outside. Yeah, there is like a courtyard, actually. Yeah. I think that was added on at some point. I'm sure, yeah. Because if you actually go to the courtyard, it doesn't look like it's from that same time period. Gotcha. Um, and it's very like old dark wood. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of wood that you'd find, you know, like from someplace else like restored wood where they would bring it into a house and it's like 100 year old wood Mm -hmm. well this is like over 200 year old wood it's very you know Mm -hmm. and i don't know and there's a certain odor in the place (laughs) i Um, can see that it feels like it'd be kind of dank almost or something yeah i mean it's not a foul odor it is um it's just something you notice when you go in there it's it's rustic you know got that rustic feel and uh, it's it's a nice place to grab a drink. Yeah. I mean, it looks, again, very atmospheric. Yeah. Um, and according to Forbes, the establishment's famed grape daiquiri holds enough Everclear to sedate a small horse. <laughs> well, that's what they say about the hurricanes and the grenades, too. Yeah. They, they, they you know, they're definitely a part of the, the New Orleans tradition when it comes to that. It's funny because... Um, you know, you can go down there and you get a hurricane and then you have to say something like, well, it's hurricane season. Or, or, or. Yeah, exactly. All right. At that corny dad joke, uh, I am going to take us to our break. And when we return, we will get to the debate.
Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. Time for a debate. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we have the scene set, right? So this is old. We got the brick. We got the, you know, the dark and the candlelight. You said it's even dark during the day when you go in there. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our scene. Okay. Okay. Scene is set. Scene is set. Okay. So we're going to start with the most popular haunted story for this bar. Okay. Okay. So bartenders and patrons both claim to see a man who does not talk to anyone but disappears shortly after being seen or talked to. It is assumed to be Jean Lafitte. He is most often seen on the first floor in one corner of the room, but he can be seen in other areas, one of which we'll talk about in a little bit. What is unusual with this sighting is that it is oftentimes a full-body apparition, which is actually not that common. Some people say he is smoking and people can smell the cigarettes or cigars in the bar, even though there's no smoking in there. So I found one story that is an example of this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it is documented in Dan Asfar's 2007 Ghost Stories of Louisiana book. Okay. So this is what it says. Once inside, the wife was enchanted by the dark and crowded bar. Quote, you couldn't see across the bar because it was so dark and crowded inside, but it was so special. It's hard to explain, but it was so real inside, you know. We could have been sitting down there 200 years ago, and I think it would have looked very much the same. After sitting down, the wife felt an odd chill, though she dismissed it after it dissipated quickly. The chill returned a few minutes later. Quote, it wasn't like a normal cold from cold weather. It was more as though the cold were coming from inside. I felt it like a cold hand on my back. It came so fast it made me jump in my seat. Her husband noticed the behavior and asked if she was okay. She asked him if he felt the cold, but he did not. The woman rose and head, headed to the restroom, and she felt something following her as she walked. The feeling left her in the restroom, and she calmly returned to the table. 
Upon sitting, she noticed an odd gentleman nearby. He was standing among a group of people talking, though they did not seem to notice him. Quote, it was dark, but from what I could see, he was a very handsome man. He had broad shoulders. It was hard to see his face clearly, but I could see that he had a very big mustache and also a big hat. She saw him and the cold, clammy feeling she had felt before resolved, and the young woman felt, quote, normal again. Quote, even though I couldn't see his face too clearly in the dark, I knew this man was smiling at me. She felt herself smiling back. Her husband noticed and inquired as to who she was smiling. She turned away for a couple of seconds to ask, can you see that man? When she pointed to where the smiling gentleman had been, there was no one there. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. Now, I'm going to say, he's often described as not smiling. Yeah. <laughs> he's usually, the people usually describe him as scowling. Um, but this is, this is a representative story of what people say is like they see him standing in the mm-hmm. corner and he's staring at them. And then when they look at him, they look away and look back, he's gone. Or like the bartenders will say like they approach him and when they get to him, he just disappears. Okay. Uh, so I am going to say that there is a lot of factors involved in this one. Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as saying, well, obviously they, this or they, that it's, a combination of things. First of all, New Orleans, very, very hot. Very, very muggy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very easy to get dehydrated, especially Ooh. when you are on Bourbon Street. You're out drinking. You're out shopping. You're out doing those kind of things, eating the um, the great food that they have in New Orleans. The food is amazing there. Mm-hmm. But it is also very spicy, and it really dries you out. Okay. And... um. Given all those things and then how dark this place is inside and how it's lit by candles Mm -hmm. and also given that it's obviously a very old looking building and it very much doesn't look in its place. It it looks like they took some place and transported it there. So given all those different factors, I would say that all of them combine into the same thing, which gives you the idea of something like this. It's like a hallucination, but it's not entirely. It is more um, an illusion. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to go with on that. Um, And I know numerous people say that they've seen this, but uh, when you go in there, it is pretty obvious that you're in like a pirate's bar. (laughs) That... It's hard to even go like, like if you actually were sober enough to think about it, you'd be like, what does this have to do with the blacksmith shop? Yeah. No, it's a very interesting name for sure. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to say that there's like a combination of different things that happen. And also New Orleans just has this feel about it too. It's, it's just. Haunted. Yeah. No, but it, it, <laughs> it feels otherworldly. Oh, interesting. So it kind of puts you off your get your kilter a little it bit. Does, well, it makes you more suspicious. Gotcha. It makes you more um more more inquisitive to these kind of things. Mm, interesting. So, I mean, to me, I think it'd be easy to dismiss this as like, yeah, like it's a dark place. So sometimes you see somebody and if you turn away and go back, like they literally could have just walked away. Um, but the fact that it happens so often and in the same 
area of the bar and that again there are both like their stories of again bartenders walking up to say hey you can't smoke in here or you know and again the person is just gone um and then you know people like this woman um it's just it's a lot of stories it's a lot of stories yeah to dismiss it well i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a two on that that there's a lot of stories and um, that I really believe that the people believe that they saw something. I don't believe it is a ghost mm-hmm. in that kind of sense. But I, I will give it a two just because I don't think it's just one thing. I think it's very complicated. Okay. Gotcha. I am going to give this one an eight. Okay. Yeah. It's going to, again, it's going to go right. high for me because I got lots of stories. All yeah. right. Uh, let's move on to the next most famous ghost at the bar and that is of a woman on the Mm. second floor so john is usually on the first floor and this woman is on the second floor Um, people claim that it's a woman whose husband went to sea and never came home and she ended her own life due to her loneliness or unhappiness but honestly everyone will also say there's zero record of that (laughs) like there's no record of a woman you know, doing that in the building or anything like that doesn't mean it didn't happen, but there's no exact record. But regardless of how this woman came to be here, there is a woman ghost that is on the second floor. Um, people re- report seeing her on the stairs or kind of in different places. But but I would say the main um, or the one, one biggest story is that um, you look in a mirror and she appears behind you in the mirror in like an old fashioned gown. But when you turn around, she's gone. Hmm. Again, I, I I think that's more of an optical illusion than anything else. Um, and as you said, uh, there are no, um, there's no record of this happening in this place. So therefore, I'm gonna say that it's more of like an urban legend kind of thing. And uh, if people do see it, it's more of an optical illusion. Um, it's always when you're looking in mirrors. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, that's and it. people claim that then you know you can see like the portal into the you know other world or something like that. But this, I don't, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I just think that it 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 distorts your view. Mm-hmm. Again, in a very dark place, going upstairs, so there's no windows at that particular spot, and mirror. It's like you add all these things into each other, candle it. It's easy to to have this kind of feeling of something like that. It does seem, again, though, a little interesting that there are so many sightings, again, by both patrons and people that work there. Um, but to me, it's not as solid as the stories of the man downstairs. So yeah. it's a little trickier. There is also a claim, and I didn't put this in here because it just seems like, how would we even ever talk about this? That she whispers people's names in their ears. But again, in a big, busy bar, or not big, but a busy bar with lots of people, I was like, I don't. Yeah. And That's then, the whole point. It's not big. It is tiny. Yeah. And it's like a house, you know, it really is like a, like a, like an old timey house or like a, like a tiny shop mm-hmm. with a bar in it that takes up majority of the room mm-hmm. and tables for people to sit at. Yeah. It's, you know, most of the time the people are really nice, but that's why I say go there during the day because it's less crowded and less likely to get whispers in your ear. Then. <laughs> there you go. So what would you rate um, the lady in the second floor? In the uh, I'm going to go, 
one on this one. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six. Six again. Okay. I think that there she's there, but eh, you know it's a little less clear. All right. All right. Now, the third kind <laughs> of most. This is one of the most. Again, so you've got you got the Lafitte's guest, you got the woman upstairs, and then this is the third one, the big third one that people often say. All right. Um, and this one's a little darker. Mm-hmm. So so far, like the ghosts. That, you know, maybe they scare you. Maybe Jean is scowling at people, but uh, there's not didn't do anything. But this one is that the people claim there is a demonic presence by the fireplace. Mm. And some even claim that it is a portal of some kind. I read a, a, a comment on like TripAdvisor or some article and a woman who claimed to be kind of more of like a, you know, medium or clairvoyant or something so that she felt like a portal kind of thing by the fireplace. Um, And uh, people have reported seeing a pair of glowing red eyes in the fireplace. All right. Well, glowing red eyes, it would be hard to distinguish that over other embers. That did concern me. I don't know if they often burn a fire in the fireplace. I'm guessing, you know, people were not expecting to see eyes, but... Yeah, I thought that was a little. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I just don't. Okay, it is again a very, very dark place, <laughs> and now you're going into a fireplace that's even darker. Anything that catches your eye is going to stand out in that, and if it just happens to be a red smudge of paint or something in there, it's going to catch your eye. It's going to pop, and I, I think that's what they're saying. And this one. I'm going to go really low. I'm going to go zero on this Whoa, one. Whoa, zero. No demonic presence in Lafette. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle on this one. Again, you know, you've got some people reporting that they feel something. And again, reports of a lot of people reporting the eyes. But it does seem a little weird. How could you distinguish red eyes in a fireplace? It, it does seem a little, little bit off. All right, so I've got one more that I just had to throw in here. Again, there are a lot of stories. This is considered one of the most haunted bars in the country. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we only have so much time. Um, so I'm just going to give a little... If you have children listening right now, um, I don't know. It's probably fine for them to listen, depending on the age, but I'm just I'm just putting it there. I don't think this is bad for I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, if you're at all worried... You can stop. Um, okay. Lastly, there is, or, or skip ahead a few minutes. Uh, lastly, there is a warning to women going into the ladies' room. So supposedly Lafitte was a ladies' man. And just like the woman's story earlier, even though she felt kind of lovely about it, um, he definitely kind of, you know, like follows the ladies around stares at them and so supposedly women feel uneasy in the restroom and some have claimed to have their bras snapped or even opened when they were in the restroom all right by unseen forces this is ridiculous because (laughs) lafitte i mean i've done a lot of research into him over the last couple of weeks all right and i i will tell you that Lafitte could have been made up entirely. And 
it wouldn't surprise me that much. There's so little information about this person. <laughs> There's two things about the person, and that is it in all of history. How did they get that he was a ladies' man out of that? <laughs> well, I think he's just showing it as a ghost, that part of his personality. Can you really judge out. the ghost for the man? I mean, supposedly. Or do you judge the man by the ghost? Mm, interesting. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is just weird. It is really weird. And it's, and it's a pirate fantasy, I it's think. A pirate, no. You ever have pirate fantasies? Uh, well, I mean, if it involves Johnny Depp, I mean, maybe. Uh, Johnny Depp was so like five years ago, Rebecca. <laughs> That's Come true. on. Well, I'm sorry. Johnny Depp is my, is, is a, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's, but now he's, he's gotten a little weird. He uh, was really good in 21 Jump Street. He was really good in 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I will say, I think the only thing, okay, <laughs> uh, I put these, I put the, the evidence today in order of what I, you know, am most believing versus mm-hmm. least believing. And I put this last because it does, it's the most hearsay of all of them. Like the other ones, like, again, there are, you know, people saying like, yes, like I've seen this. Um, but this one, it's only ever people saying like, well, people say that they, this has happened, yeah. but there's no like actual story of it. So, um, yeah, so I'm not as, as believing on this one. So this one's going to get a four from me, mm. maybe even a three. This one's getting a zero for me. Yeah. It's pretty low. I mean, definitely no infinity plus on this one. So. <laughs> All right. So, um, what is your overall rating then, Rebecca? Um, so my overall rating is going to be, um, oh, this is hard. I'm going to, I know this sounds weird, but I'm going to go with seven. I know some of my scores were low, but I feel like between, um, the Lafitte and, and the woman and even the eyes a little bit, like something going on in that place. So I'm going seven. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go a one on all of it. Okay. Because I just am averaging out yeah. scores. Gotcha. Um, like the great Dr. Hickney. Uh, the, <laughs> actually, the great Dr. Hickney added scores up. He which, did add his scores which up, But you yes. can't do that. that you, have to, you have to average them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to average them at a one because I did a two, a one, a zero, zero. So that would average out to be one. There you go. So I'm not going to... Um, read anything more into that at okay. all. All right, so that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones because Rebecca likes to fib. Hey. And Rebecca, are you ready? I'm ready. And go. All right, so I, this place is haunted, guys. Like, seriously, though? I mean, here's the thing. I don't know that it's John Lafitte. I don't know, right? Um, because we don't know if he really existed. He, You know, the, the, the person they describe has a resemblance to the paintings that you can find of him. But who even knows if it's him? I think a lot of men look like that at that time. So anyways, I, I man, I really do think that there is um, a spirit in there, at least one. It could be two. I'm less sure about the demonic presence. That seems a little bit like it could be one of the ghosts kind of fooling around. Um, But I do think there's a male presence in that bar, especially um, in that main room in the corner. 
Um, and again, the other things could be kind of built off of that. There could be some other spirits there. Um, but man, that guy is there. All right. You have one second to go, Rebecca. Yeah. All right. Are you ready, sir? I am. Okay. And go. So I think it's pretty clear that Lafitte might not have even owned this place at the very least, might not have even existed, might not have even had anything to do with New Orleans. Uh, And I hate being bamboozled by the idea of, is Lafitte's blacksmith shop haunted? And then I prove that there's no Lafitte. And then it's like, well, he's haunted by something else. I, I don't think we can do that. I think we have to say, okay, this is a very old looking and very... Um, very destitute looking place doesn't mean it's haunted. It really doesn't. It's very open air. It's a friendly place. And um, sorry, it's just not haunted. There was not enough evidence. Well, I mean, there weren't. There's no photos. Yeah, no photos, no videos. I've I've watched several videos, and none of them have. I've seen graphics in the video where. They're like, this is where they reported this, and this is where they did this. Um, but no, nothing like that. Yeah. I saw one photo with an orb, but yeah, it wasn't convincing. I'm not a fan of the orbs. <laughs> so I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family, as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. Remember to go do that listener survey so you get two entries into the contest. Yeah, enter this month so you get those two entries. So uh, go sleeppodcast.com and click on listener survey. Yeah, it's very easy to do. It'll take you less than five minutes and there hasn't been many entries. So uh, I announced this on Ghostly Society um, like a week or two ago and like right after recording the last episode and there there hasn't been that many people that have entered so far, so your chances of winning are very good, yeah. especially if you double up. Absolutely. And again, really so helpful for us. I mean, uh, you have no idea. Oh, one more we, thing about that listener survey, though, yeah. is that even though it is optional for you to put your email address and name in there, if you do not put your email address and name cannot give you a t-shirt yeah so i mean because i have no idea where to give it to you yeah so we appreciate your feedback at that point but you will not have an entry in the drawing and another thing too another prize for this is your name will be mentioned in the hundredth uh episode and um you'll be the contest winner then yeah you know so i mean that is definitely something it is and again if nothing else or i mean I hope that the prize is enticing to you. And I also hope that you, you know, again, we, this is information for us to improve ghostly, to add to ghostly, to add to We do not ghostly. sell this information at all. We don't sell this information to anybody at all that you're not going to get spam or anything from us. Um, but, you know, this is definitely something that a tool that we are going to use going forward. We have so many amazing ideas and we want to know what you guys think yeah. <laughs> before we, we pull the trigger Absolutely. Forward. All right. So I want to remind everyone to hit that subscribe button, but you all already have. I know. Um, so I would also like to thank thank um, the people that I consider our producers, our VIP patrons on Patreon, which we have Becky, Natalie, Ta, Ernie, Marcel, Shayla, Cindy, Nicole, Darnay, Jessica, Sarah, Linda, Alice, Austin. Hope. And candy. And candy. We got them all in there. 
So I want to thank everyone so much. Um, we will be talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show Castle on the next episode of Ghostly. That comes out on April 27th. And I mean, you may be thinking, what? Um, people, it's a real place and it has a lot of ghosts. It, I mean, surprisingly, like we were it so does. surprised. <laughs> and I'm super excited to geek out about some Rocky Horror Picture Show stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I loved Rocky Horror Picture Show. Love it. And we might even have a special guest on the episode Mm -hmm. that hasn't been on in a while. Yes. And it's not Mondo. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But if you're looking for even more ghostly fun, you can head to our Patreon page because the next episode of Ghostly X, the last one was Jack Chavez. The Mm -hmm. next one will be David Vox Molin of the Interview with the Exorcist and Titanic episode. Yeah, he has got some stories, people. He does, and he has a very unique perspective on on what is going on in the in the ghost world. Yes, definitely, very different. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Until next time, stay ghostly. Bye. <laughs>